welcome to StockTwits After Hours, where we provide a quick rundown of the day's market action from the folks at StockTwits, the largest community of investors in the universe. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to StockTwits After Hours. I'm your host, Riley Rosenberger, alongside head trader at Trading Experts, Shake Prisby. Shake, today is Wednesday, April 14th, and we saw the opposite action in the major indices compared to yesterday. Today was the small caps and Dow that led the way. But how did the market move out there? Stocks finally had a red day after a very impressive run as stocks launched higher the past two weeks and change. The S&P closed down a third of a percent, but with the action we've been getting to the upside so far this month, it felt like we had a 3% down day. There's a glaring weakness in tech today, which has traded so strongly in this run we've been on, which points to why it felt like such a greater down day than it truly was to traders. The S&P, again, closed down a third of a percent, not too big of a down day there. Amazon, Netflix, NVIDIA, Facebook, Twitter, Apple all had about 2% down days. We saw strength come back to the cyclical stocks like energy and financials, which held the S&P together today. We, of course, got the Coinbase IPO. That was all the talks of financial media. And honestly, this IPO reminds me so much of the Alibaba IPO from September 2014. The market was at elevated levels, coming off a huge two-week run. We got this IPO that everyone and their mother seemed to be so excited about. Tons of exuberance in the market still. Cryptos ticking highs every day, etc. So for Alibaba, equities tickled new all-time highs on the debut and proceeded to sell off, marking a short-term top. I'm not calling it for a crash in the slightest. It couldn't be further from the case. But a 5% pullback would be a very viable dip, in my opinion, if we see the selling from today continue throughout the rest of the week. So let's talk about that Coinbase direct listing. It had a reference price of 250 coming into the day with a valuation of more than 66 billion. Coin opened at 381 before closing around 328. Would you call this a successful day one? So we have to remember this was a direct listing, meaning they didn't go through the banks and they didn't have that underwriter support. In IPOs that go the traditional route with banks, we'll often see something called a stabilizing bid come into the market. The stabilizing bid will show something like a million shares on the bid below where the stock opened. And we can assume it's the bank supporting the IPO. If it closes above where it priced, it's deemed successful. If it closes above where it opened the trading day, then it's a huge win for the underlying company. But again, this was a direct listing, so no underwriter support. Coinbase opened at 381 and literally went vertical for the first 10 minutes before it sold off the entire rest of the day. The price action was pretty wild. Opened at 381, marched straight to 429 before promptly turning around and selling off the rest of the day, closing $100 lower at 328. So all we know from the price action today is that the name trades extremely wide. Its first trading day range was about $120 from high to low. So will this see the reference price of $250 in the coming days? We definitely could with the way it sold off most of the day today. I would personally be a buyer if it came down to that $200, $220 range. But overall, still a successful day one as the stock technically closed 30% above its $250 reference price. We'll see what the coming days hold for Coinbase. The banks kicked off earnings season early this morning. We got numbers from JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and Wells Fargo. Let's start with Goldman. How did the company's quarter come out? So a combination of retail traders entering the market, along with the IPO market remaining scorching hot, led to an unbelievable quarter for Goldman. Their revenue was up 103% year over year. A bulge bracket bank is not supposed to put up growth stock numbers in their annual revenue increases. This had a lot to do with their investment banking division, which brought in $3.7 billion, which included record equity underwriting revenues and strong net revenues in financial advisory as well as debt underwriting. Global markets generated yet another quarterly record revenue number of $7.5 billion 
up 47% from their first quarter of 2020. So a very impressive report out of Goldman. Clearly the strongest out of all the bank reports. No surprise they were able to advance over 2% today on what was broadly a weak trading session. What about JP Morgan? Was this quarter as impressive as Goldman's? JP had a really solid report as they beat analyst expectations. It was nowhere near as successful as Goldman's quarter, though. Revenue grew about 14% year over year, which amplifies how ridiculous Goldman's quarter of 100% revenue growth truly is. There were also big winners in the investment banking side as net revenue grew 46% year over year there, which is due to the 57% increase in investment banking fees. Their equity trading desks were strong with revenue of $3.3 billion, up 47% year over year. Those were the two major bright spots in the report. Most other sectors had pretty typical growth. Fixed income markets were up 15%. Commercial banking was up 11%. And wealth management was up 20% year over year. A solid report by any means, but again, Goldman blew them out of the water. And lastly, let's follow up with Wells Fargo. The company has seen some heavy regulatory scrutiny in the past, but is it time to turn the corner? So when we're looking at ranking the big banks, Goldman and JP are near the top, while Wells is considered the lower tier of the big boys. So the Wells report was decent. It's always positive when they beat analyst expectations. Revenue growth of 2% year over year compared to Goldman's 100 and JP's 14% doesn't make that number sound too great. They had a reduction in its allowance for credit losses as net charge-offs reached historic lows as they continue to improve their operations and efficiency. So they don't have trading desks like JP and Goldman, which is largely where those banks won. So they're looking at low interest rates and tepid loan demand as a headwind for them in the quarter, as well as going forward. They actually had the best trading day of the banks, though, as they closed up nearly 6% today. This comes down to their record quarterly profits in corporate and investment banking. Another big aspect was the $1.6 billion reduction in allowance for credit losses that I mentioned earlier. They have a laser focus on strategic priorities right now, which clearly helped them win this quarter. All three banks are looking for a robust recovery in the second half of the year. As we slowly exit the pandemic, seems like it will continue to be a great environment for the banks. All righty, Shake. Well, that's all we have for today. We got more earnings tomorrow from Bank of America, BlackRock, Citigroup, and Delta Airlines. But we'll talk again after hours. Sounds good. You've been listening to Stock Twits After Hours. To learn more and subscribe today, visit StockTwits.com. All opinions expressed by the host and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of StockTwits or their affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a recommendation to buy or sell any security. The podcast is also not a research report and is not intended for the basis of any investment decision. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.